This episode of the Derek Diamond Experience is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You're listening to the Nerd Cave Network. Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 158 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, almost to 160 episodes. That's crazy to think about. I just started this journey about four or three and a half years ago. This started all the way back in March of 2014. And um, I will be making an announcement at the end of the show that will kind of change the, not the format, but change the show a little bit. Uh, but I'll save that for the end of the uh, before the end of the show. So um, I did want to start off by saying, um, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to all the family members and the uh, injured victims from the Las Vegas shooting earlier this week. Uh, it's one of the most tragic stories that I've heard about. And, you know, this happened right after the whole uh, national anthem thing with the NFL. But you know, I think that this is something that you know people have their opinions about the NFL, but everybody can agree this is this is one of the biggest travesties to ever happen in the United States. Uh, this guy, uh, I'm not even going to mention his name because I don't think he deserves the credit. Uh, he led one of the deadliest mass shootings in the United States, which left 59 people dead, including the gunman himself and 500 plus injured. That is absolutely crazy. It happened just after a country concert, and I was actually listening to a podcast earlier today where one of the host's uncles was actually in Las Vegas about uh, two blocks from where this whole thing happened. And, you know, he didn't go to the concert because he wasn't a country music fan, which is turned out to be a good thing for him, but it's still just so, so, so crazy that that happened. Uh, my Aunt Joe is watching from Disney World. I'm very jealous uh, because I wish I was there right now. Uh, Mary Jane, hi. How's it going? Hey, Jake. Hey, Jack. Thanks for watching. But yeah, uh, definitely, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to all the victims and the victims' families in that whole Vegas shooting. It's just, it's it's so, it's so sad that there's so much hate everywhere. But I, I think, you know, in the same podcast I mentioned earlier, mentioned that, we all just need to, we all just need to band together. You know, everybody, things are so divisive now with everybody having such contrasting opinions of everything and not wanting to try to come to some type of middle ground and live in harmony and prosperity and all that fun stuff. So we'll get right to the questions here. Um, this first set of questions comes from Mary Jane Gardner. Question one, all-time favorite video game system. Uh, that's quite easy. My favorite video game system is the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, made by Nintendo, uh, released in the early 90s. 
I had so many games for this console, and I actually never owned an NES. I used to play the NES at my aunt's house when I was a kid. That's where I was introduced to Mario, Zelda, and all these other iconic Nintendo franchises. Well, the Super Nintendo was the first system that I remember having, and I had close to, if not over 20 games for this thing. You had Super Mario World, Star Fox, Zelda Link to the Past, Turtles in Time, uh, Secret of Mana, Earthbound, so many great games for the Super Nintendo. I've never owned as many games for one console as I have the Super Nintendo. And now with the SNES Classic coming out, and I was lucky enough to get my hands on one, you know, just getting to relive all those old games has been so much fun. It, it's A lot of systems are great, but my favorite is definitely the SNES. Overrated game system. Um, I don't really know of one that's overrated. You know, I would say the Xbox One, but I've never actually played it. Um, I like the PS4. Um... If I had to pick one, and I don't even think it's overrated, I would say the GameCube was not that great. Uh, it had a handful of good games for it, but to me that was that was kind of the decline of or started the decline of Nintendo was the GameCube. They had some good games. Wind Waker was great. Pikmin was amazing. I wish they would make a true Pikmin four and not the 3DS version that they recently came out with. So. I know that doesn't exactly answer the question, but I would say the I'd say the GameCube would be my my choice. Instagram or Twitter? It depends on what I'm using it for. If it's for personal reasons, I would say Instagram because I love photography. But if I'm wanting to promote something, I find that Twitter helps a lot more. Like if I'm if I'm plugging my show or promoting my show, Twitter seems to be the thing that's helped the download numbers the most. So they're both great. When it comes to fun, I'd go with Instagram for a professional. I'd go to uh, I'd go to Twitter. And her last question: What are your thoughts on Cam Newton being an idiot? So the story she's talking about: Cam Newton, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers, uh, former Auburn Tiger quarterback. Um, little bit of a polarizing figure. I know a lot of people who like him, a lot of people who despise him. So um, basically he did a press conference uh, on Wednesday as he does weekly. This is from uh, CBS Sports. Shout out to Luke for uh, CBS Sports. Uh, Cam Newton is apparently amazed that there are women out there who know anything about football. During the quarterback's weekly press conference on Wednesday, things got awkward after Newton basically laughed at the fact that a female reporter was asking him a question. She says, I know you take a lot of pride in seeing your receivers play well. Her name is Jordan Rodrigue. Or her last name is R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E. I assume that's Rodrigue. She said, Devin Funches has really seemed to embrace the physicality of his routes and getting those extra yards. Does that give you a little bit of enjoyment to see him kind of truck sticking people out there? He responded to the question by smiling. It's funny to hear a female talk about routes like that. Uh, she said uh, she went on Twitter and said, I don't think it's funny to be a female and talk about routes. I think it's my job. And then, of course, he got blasted on Twitter, as as he should. It, the way I look at it is females have been covering and working in sports for decades. I think we're past the point now where when it comes to reporting, 
I think in that manner, we shouldn't look at things as or people as male and female. I, like I wouldn't look at her as a female sports journalist. I would look at her as a sports journalist. I would talk to her the same way I would talk to a male sports journalist. I would talk to a male sports journalist the same way I talk to a female. I mean, I, I talk to everybody the same. I mean, people are people to me. And, you know, Cam Newton, it was, I don't know why he did that. I mean, the, the guy is not the brightest bulb in the box, as they would say. Uh, it says here, uh, Newton hasn't apologized for his actions, but he did offer some regret. Uh, the Panther said in a statement, I have spoken with Jordan and Cam, and I know they had a conversation where he expressed regret for using those words. We strive as a department to make the environment for media comfortable for everyone covering the team. So, yeah. I and mean, she she shouldn't be looked at to me as a female sports reporter. I mean, I know she is, but to me, we're past that point where we have to, in certain situations, have to list something as a gender specific thing. Uh, let's see, Jason has joined. How's it going, Jason? Jason's my co-host on the Nerd Cave Retro Podcast, which you can find every Monday on iTunes, Stitcher, and all podcasting platforms. Uh, also, my mom has joined. Hi, mom. Thank you for watching. Uh, does anyone have any questions that they would like to throw in there? Because uh, as of right now, I'm not I'm not seeing too many. Uh, I did want to say, um, for those who live in the Pensacola area while I'm waiting on questions, um, next week we actually start... Um, production on Beast of the Ballpark 2, which is our sequel to um, our Halloween video that we did last year that was actually really successful on social media. So um, I, I'm really excited to do it. Um, it's interesting from my perspective because I'm so used to being behind the camera that I'm, you know, with this, I'm having to actually act. So um, hopefully I'll be able to do a little better than I did in the last one. Not that I thought I did terrible, but there's always room for improvement. So, uh, we'll be starting production on that. I think we're doing the table read on Friday and then Monday we start shooting. So, um, that will be out definitely before, um, definitely before Halloween. So I'll, I'll be sharing that for sure. Uh, Heather Waldron asks, when are you watching the Bob's Burgers movie? So I have this running gag. Um, really, it's, it started with a uh, former uh, trainee or co-worker of mine, um, Alexis Wright. She was a huge Bob's Burger fan, and she compared me to Tina Belcher, which I've heard from quite a few people, my girlfriend included, uh, that say that's accurate. So since then, I've been on an anti-Bob's Burger crusade. And they announced today that they're doing a Bob's Burger movie in 2020. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go ahead and make the signs, put them in storage, so I can so I can protest outside the local movie theater. But no, in all honesty, I did watch I watched my first full Bob's Burger episode yesterday. I watched the fan art episode, and this was actually kind of a cool concept. So. These fans sent in fan art for Bob's Burgers. So, excuse me. So what? Um, so what they did was the creators, the animators, took um, they selected artwork, and every scene had um, animation based off of different fans' artwork. So, like one scene would have been 
you know, kind of a, a rough, you know, plain looking drawing. And then the next would be this really bright and colorful, almost like a My Little Pony type animation. It was cool seeing the different variety. And I, I love that about animation is that nothing has to look the same. You know, you can have your simplistic, you can have your detailed, uh, and it all works. It all works really well, depending on the medium that you're using it for. So, uh, let's see. Adam says, talk all about uh, talk about all the DC people at Heroes and Villains Fan Fest. I'm actually going to pull this list up real quick. So, Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, this is a convention that goes on all throughout the year in various locations. Uh, we have, you know, they're in San Jose, Portland, Oregon, Chicago, Nashville. Um, and the past two Novembers, at least, uh, they've been in Atlanta. And me and Sarah went last year, had quite a lot of fun. Um, so it kind of caters to a combination of the DC CW shows, and some will team up with uh, a Walking Dead uh, convention and they'll do kind of a, a hybrid where there's um, there's guests from both from both shows. So just some of the highlights from Heroes and Villains Fan Fest, which uh, me, Sarah, Adam, and Heather will be going uh, next month, which I'm very excited about. It'll actually be, I think, Adam and Heather's first convention. So and it, it's a good one to go to. It's a little it's a little low key. It's not as huge as like a Dragon Con or anything like that. So. Um, obviously, we've got Stephen Emil, who plays Oliver Queen in Arrow, Emily Bett Rickards, who plays Felicity Smoke in Arrow, John Barrowman, known as Malcolm Merlin from Arrow, and Jack Harkness from Doctor Who, uh, Victor Garber, Dr. Martin Stein from Legends of Tomorrow, and Jack Bristow from Alias. Uh, let's see, David Ramsey, who plays Diggle in Arrow, um, Josh Segara, who was Adrian Chase the latest villain in Arrow, which was, that season was so, so good. Uh, we've got a few people from Gotham. We have Robin Lord Taylor, who plays the Penguin. David Mazous, who plays a young Bruce Wayne. But the two that I'm the most excited about, and I'm sure Adam will agree with me on one of these, Manu Bennett, who plays Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke in Arrow, who was probably what like my top two favorite characters from any of the CWDC shows. He's going to be there. I'm extremely excited. And the other is completely random, has nothing to do with any of these shows. But former 16-time WWE world champion, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Why he's going to be there, I have no idea, but I love Ric Flair. He's one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time. Met him at Pensacon earlier this year. Great guy. Uh, actually just is now recovering from a pretty bad health scare that he had uh, in the hospital. Uh, I don't know the full story behind it, but I know that his daughter, who wrestles for WWE now, uh, actually was to she was told that you know her and her family needed to say their goodbyes at one point. And now he's out of the hospital. I know he said he's never going to drink again, which is probably a good thing, because if you watched him on TV – back in his heyday. That's how he lived. He went out, he partied till two or three in the morning, got three or four hours sleep, woke up, worked out, went to the arena, wrestled, went out, partied, did the whole thing all over again. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to meet him again because I love Ric Flair. But I, I'm really excited for this event. Uh, if you want to 
you know, not for, I mean, they're not a sponsor, but I'll, I'll plug them. There's heroesfanfest.com, and you can see at the top, you've got Atlanta, San Jose, and all the other places. So if you're looking for a convention that's a little low-key, or you're just a huge fan of all these shows, then definitely check it out. But speaking of sponsors, for you, the listeners of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I've just now been getting back into audiobooks, and I will say we've got Star Wars The Last Jedi coming out in a couple of months, so I'm starting to kind of get back into that Star Wars kick. I downloaded uh, Star Wars Phasma, which tells the backstory of Captain Phasma from Star Wars The Force Awakens, and Star Wars Leia, which describes uh, the story of a teenage Princess Leia that takes place before A New Hope. So kind of getting back into the Star Wars kick, uh, I've been saving up quite a few credits because I haven't had much time to read audiobooks due to baseball season and other things going on. But they've got all kinds of cool stuff. They've got Star Wars. They've got fiction, nonfiction, mystery, romance. Uh, if you're a gamer, they have books from Halo, Gears of War, Mass Effect. They have all kinds of cool stuff. And if you're always on the go like I am, Audible is a great service to be able to read books. You know, you could plug your earbuds in, listen to a book while you do laundry, while you cook dinner, go to the gym. It's so convenient and so great. But to do that, go to audibletrial.com slash nerdcave. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash nerdcave for your free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Let's see. Uh, Heather asked, who would you like to interview you? Um, well, I could definitely see a Zach Galifianakis between two ferns thing going on. But if I could just pick some random celebrity, this is what I would love to do. I would love to do a twofer. I would love to be interviewed by Hugh Jackman. And then I would like to interview Hugh Jackman for my show. He He's my dream guest. Like, I know it probably won't happen, but if if all bets were off, he would be who I would want for my 200th show. I think it would make the most sense. Uh, let's see. Jason Robbins asks, predictions on when you think Nintendo will ever license their properties to Funko? I would love if that were to happen. Um, when do I think that would happen? I will say maybe Christmas 2018 we get something. Because we're seeing it with all types of different properties. You know, WWE is doing it. Uh, Nickelodeon is now doing it with a lot of their 90s stuff. I know they're doing um, Rocco's Modern Life Pops coming out later this year, which, of course, I'm, I'm going to get all those because I'm a huge Rocco's Modern Life fan. I, I would hope 2018 because those things would sell so, so good. Could you imagine a little Mario pop figure or a Yoshi pop figure? Those would be so good. Let's see. Adam says, I hope he calls me kid. He meaning Manu Bennett. That would be so awesome. Uh, Keith says, the nature boy is the man. Yes, I I absolutely agree with that. It's funny. Keith was actually telling me his dad used to run pyro for WCW. And that's, that's like the coolest thing I've ever heard. Like WCW, when I first started watching wrestling, was that was my that was my promotion until I got into WWE later that year. Let's see. Um, Heather, what are your thoughts on Trivia Night? Well, 
we didn't have our best night. We were kind of like the Cleveland Browns of the of the trivia teams. We we got we kind of redeemed ourselves with the the bonus question, but trivia has been really hard. Uh, this it's been hard the last couple of weeks. I, I don't know what they're doing. I wish they would bring back the theme trivia on Sundays because I, I miss doing like the Marvel uh, trivia's and all the other ones that they used to do. I think it was it might have been last summer or it might have been the one before i can't remember let's see uh adam asked most excited movie besides star wars this year you might disagree with me on this mr waldron but i'm actually intrigued by justice league i i don't know if it's going to be any good but i'm very intrigued by it just the the pure concept of all these of all these iconic DC superheroes coming together I think would be awesome but um, as far as movies that have already came out um, spider-man you know hearing the the orchestra version of the old uh, cartoon theme was really surreal it actually gave me goosebumps when we heard it in the theater that was probably the the movie I was looking forward to the most this year besides Star Wars was Spider-Man Homecoming because Marvel finally got Spider-Man back and they finally did it right. Let's see. Uh, Dacian, make sure you get Ric Flair to chop you this time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if he'll, if he'll do it, you know, I'll, I'll be willing to pay extra money because that stuff will go viral. That would be amazing. Uh, Brandon Rutledge, listener of the Nerd Cave Retro. What's going on, Brandon? Finally made one of these live streams. Thank you for listening. Uh, let's see. Jason says, if Nintendo doesn't let Funko make pop figures of leaving millions on uh, millions of dollars on the table, which they have done in the past, so who knows? I, I, I would love to see it. Let's see. Uh, Keith says, my dad has some of the best stories of those guys. I, we'll have to sit down, Keith, one day and... I, I would love to hear some of those stories. That, that's got to be amazing. Let's see. Heather, what's your favorite pop figurine? Well, I've got a, got a few back here. Um, I, I will show this one off. Just hang on a second. Well, I got this one for, for my birthday, courtesy of the Waldrons. Uh, it's butt loose Tina. I have no idea what that means because I've only seen one Bob's Burger episode. But you know the the love, the love that I got from this thing was pretty cool. So it, I have some sentimental value attached to that one. Um, the Era one up there is is definitely up there on my list. Um, I'd say that one. Um, or some other ones I have. I mean, I've got a few wrestling ones back here. I've got a Chris Jericho one that um, that Sarah gave me for my birthday. Let's see. Adam says Interstellar. Um, why are you mentioning Interstellar? Eddie, welcome, Eddie. I got to add you back on Snapchat. Yeah, I actually uh, rejoined Snapchat back today for the first time in like two or three years. Uh, let's see. Heather says, I knew Butt Loose Tina was your favorite. Brandon Rutledge, favorite current non-WWE promotion. I would love to watch New Japan. I just don't really have the time right now because I, I, I hear so much about the Bullet Club. I hear so much about uh, Kenny Omega. I, I would love to have time to 
to really sit down and watch some of that stuff. I, I rarely have time to even watch WWE now these days, which part of that is because I kind of fell out of it towards the end of the summer, you know, back, back probably around, probably right around this time last year, I really started to get back into wrestling. And, you know, we, we started the wrestling podcast and that was doing really well. And then when baseball season started back and I just kind of, I kind of fell out of it for a little bit, which WWE kind of goes through phases for me where it, during parts of the summer, uh, it's kind of interesting, but you know, I always keep up with it, even though if I don't watch Raw or SmackDown every week, I'll read what happens and I'll try to watch some of the pay-per-views if I can. I do love the WWE Network. I, I wish that was something that they had invented a long time ago because I love watching the old stuff. They finally started putting, you know, old uh, Raws, Nitros, some old school house shows, documentaries. And they do this really cool show and I love the concept of it. It's called Table for Three where they pick three wrestlers who have kind of, uh, they relate to each other in, in some ways. They're like a group of a faction or they're, you know, part of the creative team at one point, or they have some type of connection with each other and they sit over dinner and they talk about their careers. It's almost like a podcast. You know, I, I just thought that idea was just so, so good. And most of them have been great. I haven't watched all of them, but they have so much content on there. I mean, they could always use more, but I, I've I've really I've really enjoyed the WWE Network. But no, Brandon, really to answer your question, I I'll, I'll try to watch New Japan sometime before the end of the year. I know with you know we're working UWF football now, and that winds down in November. So November December, I should have a lot more downtime uh, to um, to maybe watch some wrestling. Let's see, uh, Heather. What would you choose, Modern Warfare or Modern War, World War II, or new Battlefront Star Wars game for PS4? I'm going to choose Battlefront. One, I've I've never been a Call of Duty fan. I was always more of a Halo person growing up, and from what from what it was, I really liked Battlefront when it came out. Uh, the last one that came out, it needed a story mode which this new one's going to have, and I think it's going to be a really cool story. Uh, the The multiplayer was great. You know, I, I loved playing online, even though I would get the crap beat out of me uh, a lot of the times, but I still think it was a lot of fun. So I would choose Battlefront. Let's see, Jason, do you think there is going to be a rise in popularity for short films, a subject I'd love to do another roundtable about with some local filmmakers, <clears throat> Steve Wise? No lie, Jason, I was thinking about this the other day. I would love to do some type of independent filmmaker roundtable because not just with people who are here in town, but you know, I, I've interviewed a few people in the past, some who live out in L.A., some who live in New York. I'd love to get maybe four or five people and we all just meet over Skype and we talk about independent filmmaking. We can obviously do a local one, too, because I, I want to do one about Servi, the short film that I helped run sound for back during the summer. Uh, that'll be in the works uh, sometime soon. But yeah, I would love to do a roundtable about independent filmmakers. I know you did uh, a panel at Pensacon uh, that I unfortunately did not get to see, but that'd be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll definitely talk off air about that. Uh, Keith, let's go to WrestleMania in New Orleans. I would love to go to WrestleMania in New Orleans. I, I went 
I wanted to go when they were in Orlando this past year, but you know, funds and time did not really allow it. But I did go to WrestleMania when they were in Orlando back in, I think it was 2008. Uh, the main event was Edge and The Undertaker. This was when The Undertaker still had his unbeaten streak. But the highlight of it was it was the last WWE match of Ric Flair. He had been inducted in the Hall of Fame the night before, which I was at. He talked for almost three hours, and everyone still loved him for it uh, because he's Ric Flair. It, it was something that was on my bucket list. You know, I, I want to go some th- some things. I, I'll talk about this. Some things I have on my bucket list, and I'd love to hear some listener comments too. Um, I want to go to at least one of every professional sporting event. I've been to MLB, I've been to NFL, so now I need to go to NBA. NHL, and I'd even go to a professional soccer game. You know, that that's something, and then maybe go to like an AFC championship or even a Super Bowl, even though I know those tickets are uh, ridiculously expensive. But, you know, that that's something I, I would absolutely love to, uh, I, I'd love to go back to WrestleMania. Uh, Heather, what's your favorite part about Halloween? Well, besides... Besides the candy, um, I, I like a lot of the – I love the Halloween Charlie Brown special, which is funny because I'm not like a – I'm not a huge scary movie guy, but there are some Halloween-themed movies that I like. You can make the argument that The Nightmare Before Christmas is both a Halloween and a Christmas movie. And I do like some of the old-school horror films. Like I like the original Nightmare on Elm Street, some of the older Friday the 13th. Uh, I'd love to watch the original Elm Street again. That's a really, really good movie. But yeah, that, oh, and Halloween parties. Um, when I was younger, I didn't go to a ton of them. But, you know, as I've gotten older, I've been to a couple, and I, I do like dressing up in costume. I don't know what I'm going to be this year. Uh, let's see, Jeff Childers joined. Let's see. Welcome, Jeff. Jason, I just noticed your shirt. That is the greatest shirt in the history of shirts. I should have wore this when we did our uh, Ninja Turtles roundtable. I've become a huge fan of these button-up nerdy shirts. I've got uh, a Ninja Turtles one, a couple of Star Wars ones. Most people know my Boba Fett Hawaiian shirt. Uh, But yeah, it's um, I, I like the shirt. It's very, very, very comfy. Uh, Brandon Rutledge, I could talk wrestling all day. Same here. Adam, how was the town of Greenville? I actually really like Greenville. Yeah, I was in Greenville, South Carolina last week for a promo seminar, which is a a yearly event done by minor league baseball where a lot of teams will send representatives. We do uh, breakout sessions. We do presentations and just kind of brainstorm about uh, promos and theme nights that all of our teams did and would kind of bounce each other uh, bounce off, bounce ideas. Uh, it's late, so I can't, I'm beginning to not be able to speak. Uh, we bounce ideas off each other and we came up with a couple of cool ideas that hopefully will work for next baseball season. Um, I had a lot of fun. Greenville was great. Uh, it, it kind of reminded me of, it was that perfect balance of an older looking classic downtown with modern amenities. Like you could walk down main street and it, you look like you're in a downtown area from like the 80s or the 90s or even even earlier. And then you walk a block later and everything is very, you know, flat, simplistic, 
uh, flat rooftop. They actually had a bar slash restaurant on a rooftop, which was awesome. And I would love if Pensacola had something like that. You know, they, to me, it was what I could see Pensacola being in, you know, maybe 10 years if uh, progression goes the right way. Uh, let's see. Keith says, I'd love to visit every MLB ballpark. That's a great one. Uh, Brandon, question for you and Jason. Would you guys consider reviewing a movie or TV show based on a retro video game? I would totally listen to that. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're we're not just res, uh, restricted to strictly retro games. You know, we, um, we did – actually, I know something fun that we could review – we could review the old Super Mario Brothers and Legend of Zelda cartoon series. That would be fantastic, because uh, I love those growing up. Uh, Matt Zinni, what's your opinion of a time clock in baseball? 100% for it. It doesn't seem like it's helped the game that much, but it actually has. I think on average it cut about 10 or 15 minutes off of a baseball game. And, you know, I, I don't dislike baseball. Baseball was the first sport that I watched growing up. You know, some of my most treasured memories from when I was a kid were going to Braves games every summer with my family. But it's a very long, long game. And it's still, I think, the only professional sport that does not have a time limit. So the time clock is a definite step. It's a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, see, Matt Zinni uh, says, also says, good to see you, Derek. Good to see you as well. Uh, Heather asks, what is the best place you have visited? Um, I'll actually say, and I don't know if Sarah's watching, but so, a place that we kind of found on accident, but a place that we absolutely fell in love with was this little town outside of Orlando called Celebration. And it sounds like the cheesiest name ever. I remember we actually went and we had uh, we got a massage there, and we ended up walking around town. And it was it was like I stepped into a movie and I saw every stereotypical small town, but this place had everything that I would love. They had a Mexican restaurant, they had a Chinese restaurant, a Thai restaurant, they had little shops, they had a walking trail. Uh, they had a bakery. They had what looked like an old movie theater. They had a deli, all kinds of cool stuff. I know the living there was, excuse me, extremely expensive. But we absolutely fell in love with the place. And when we went, ironically, when we went back to Orlando for a Star Wars celebration, we made it a point to go down there a day early so we could go back to celebration just to spend the day there. You know, that That's a place... Like Greenville would probably, I would probably consider living in Greenville, but I would definitely live in celebration. Like that would be a place that's like my dream place to live. So that would probably be the best place that I've visited. Um, let's see. Brandon Rutledge, need to call it a night. Definitely enjoyed tonight's stream. I would love to talk wrestling and retro games with you and Jason sometime. Take care, Derek, and stream. Thank you for stopping by, Brandon. Definitely talk to you uh, next week. Uh, Matt, Mary Jane Gardner says, hi. Hello, Mary Jane. Um, Heather asks, what's your favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie? 
That's a good one. Um, I'll say the one that freaked me out the most, and this is beyond a shadow of a doubt, and this is me kind of admitting one of my silly fears, and that would be birds. For some reason, and I think this goes back to a funny story that happened when I was in high school. So I went over to my uncle's house after school, and he had this pet parrot. And, you know, I'm I'm in his computer room. I'm playing some type of computer game. And, you know, I, I, I never mind the parrot. He's always, you know, he's just in his cage, hanging out, minding his own business. And... Uh, my uncle's oldest daughter decided that it would be funny to open the door and let the parrot loose in said room. And for some reason or another, it scared the crap out of me because he flew right at me and almost flew right into my face. Since then, I feel very, very uncomfortable when I'm like, if birds are in cages, they're fine. But, like, I don't like to be very close to birds. They they bother me. So that that movie kind of, you know, it kind of kind of freaked me out a little bit. Um, but as far as um, as far as favorite, I'd probably go classic and I would say psycho. Um, I actually didn't see that movie until later after the show Bates Motel came out, which is a very underrated show. It's one of my more favorites of, you know, modern shows. I thought Freddie Highmore did a great job of playing Norman Bates and provided some really good backstory. I haven't caught up on the show yet. I need to finish it. But I I really, I, I like, I like that universe. And I, I really like that character. Let's see. Jason, I need to get going. Have a good night, Derek. Talk with you tomorrow. Absolutely. Good night, sir. Uh, again, be sure to check out uh, Nerd Cave Retro every Monday on iTunes. We actually do the show live on Sunday nights uh, on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash jfunktastic and, uh, and check that out. Uh, Heather, what do you think of Chipotle queso? Uh, it sounds delicious. I love all types of queso. The queso that I miss was from this place. It was open for a very short period of time called Taco Mez in downtown Pensacola. They would basically put uh, chorizo inside the queso and you'd mix it together. And uh, it was so, so good. So good. Uh, I know that place didn't stay open. Oh, yeah, there's Jason's link for um, for Nerd Cave Retro. Yeah, I mean, if you're a retro gaming fan, definitely check it out. We review, you know, usually Jason will review an NES game, then the following week I'll review an SNES game, so on and so forth. We're actually doing horror-themed games this month for the month of October. Um, I'll actually, I'll ask a question to the listeners. Um, what is your guys' favorite Halloween-related movie? So while I'm look, waiting for uh, answers for that, Dacian, what do you think about Enzo Amore now that he's champ? I know Enzo is not very well liked, at least from what I've been reading, but <coughs> to me, I don't mind that he's champ. I think putting him in the cruiserweight division is probably the best thing for him. But if I'm WWE, when Big Cass gets back from his ACL injury... 
I put those two back together and pretend that whole thing never happened. That was the biggest mistake that WWE made. I won't say biggest, but one of the biggest that they've made in a while was splitting up Enzo and Cass because those two complemented each other so well. You have Enzo, who's a great talker, but a terrible wrestler. You've got Cass, who is a huge seven-foot guy, so of course WWE is going to like him. Uh, but he's not a good talker. He's an okay wrestler. He, he has room for improvement, but he's he's not bad. But he's not a good talker. You put those two together, they're perfect with each other. And they split them up because they want Cass to be the next you know big man singles guy, and then he tears his ACL, and he's going to be out till early next year. But I don't mind that he's champion. I mean, I think him being in the cruiserweights, like I said, is the best thing for him to do. I'm interested in this whole thing where the entire cruiserweights are banning against him. But he he's doing such a good job at just being an obnoxious jackass, which, you know, I from what I hear is is what he's like. Let's see. Heather says Rocky Horror Picture Show. That That's a really good movie, and I didn't see that until – uh, last year, after I started dating Sarah, we watched it for Halloween uh, last year. That was my first time ever seeing it. I love the soundtrack. I immediately downloaded it. We actually, we went, um, me, Adam, Heather, and Sarah all went to the Pensacola Little Theater and watched a live performance of Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was quite a bit of fun. I, I actually do like theater. I, I rarely get to see it, but you know, I love all types of performance and all types of acting. Uh, Adam says, Young Frankenstein, classic. Ghostbusters, also very good. And Are You Afraid of the Dark episodes? That was a very good Halloween-related show uh, done by Nickelodeon. I know it, it's there were some episodes that even kind of made me a little bit nervous. But probably my favorite Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, I can't remember the name of it, but I, I'll look it up while I'm describing it. Um this kid was trapped in a pinball machine and he was trying to get out and he, I think he had to save this girl. So he succeeds in doing it, but he ends up uh, like the setting inside the pinball machine is like a mall. And the, the title is called the tale of the pinball wizard. So he's going to run up the escalator and this giant pinball rolls and blocks his path, trapping him in the pinball machine for ever. Uh, Heather, it was awesome. Yeah, the, the live show was was absolutely a lot of fun. Uh, I hate that they do that every other year. I wish they would do it every year because I, I would absolutely love to see it again. I know they're showing, uh, I think they're showing Rocky Horror at vinyl at, on the 28th, but it's when we have our Wahooween event. So, um We'll probably miss out on it, but you never know. We might be able to catch the tail end of it. But is there any other questions that anybody has? I know we're we're going close to uh, 45 minutes here. I will give everybody um, a couple of minutes to ask uh, to ask some more questions. Um, I guess I can go ahead with my announcement for uh, the future of the show. I kind of teased this uh, with my little preview video that I put out. <clears throat> excuse me, earlier tonight. So I've mentioned off and on that it's been kind of a struggle lately to get guests consistently on this show. You know, we, we'll do the roundtables. Those happen usually every couple of months. 
but I, I loved what I was doing earlier in the year where I was having guests on mixed with the round tables and a little bit of convention coverage. And every now and then would be some type of specialty episode. But, you know, with the type of format that I have, it's I knew eventually it would get to the point where it would be difficult to get guests. And, you know, a lot of people have the misconception that um, that, you know, I mean, yeah, I've had big guests on the show before, but they're actually really hard to get. So I've decided that effective now I'm going to I'm still going to do the show. I'm not you know quitting it, but I will be putting out shows biweekly, meaning every other week. I think with that, it gives me a little more time to focus on other projects because I'm still working on uh, possibly trying to get the Parker syndrome made sometime maybe early next year. I've got sound editing I have to do for the survey short film. I'm working on another short film next weekend. So, you know, I, I still love doing this show. Like, this is something I've done for almost four years now, and I've been podcasting even longer than that. But with kind of with the way that things are, the way my schedule is, and the fact that, you know, it's getting tougher and tougher to get guests every single week and even, you know, booking them is half the battle. And then you have to mix in work, other things, and then you've got to prep for an interview and then spend an hour doing the interview. So I think as of right now, it would be best if I move the show to bi-weekly. Things could change in a few months. You, you never know. But I think for now, that's going to be the best thing to do. So um, for those of you who are watching live, uh, this episode will be out tomorrow as episode 158 of the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, for those listening on the download, you obviously know that um, you know there will not be a show next week. So the, the the every other week thing will be effective immediately. So the next actual episode will be out, um, if my calendar will come up, will be Thursday the 19th. And then we'll do, you know, I'll come back November 2nd and so on and so forth. So uh, as of right now, the show will be um, every other week. So um, again, you know, thank you to those who have continued to support the show um, I, and those who hopefully will keep doing it. Uh, I'll keep, you know, doing the show as best I can. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my it's been something I've been kind of going um, back and forth on. Uh, for the last few days. Let's see. Uh, we do actually have uh, we have a couple more questions. Uh, Keith, favorite 90s Nickelodeon show? Um, animated, Rocco's Modern Life. Live action, I would probably say Legends of the Hidden Temple as far as game show goes. Um, sitcom type show, I did really like Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete was very good. Uh, both those guys are actually going to be at Pensacon, and I hope to get them as guests either at the convention or sometime before it. Uh, Heather, who is your favorite Waldron? Um, it's a four-way tie. No, actually, you know what? Gavin is my favorite Waldron. Little Gavin, I think, is everybody's favorite Waldron. You got to love the baby. Uh, and then she says, you are a busy guy. Yeah, you know, some, sometimes it's it's a little stressful, but, you know, it's like my grandpa used to always tell me back in the day, it's better to be busy than bored. Uh, 
my mom asked favorite Tom Petty song. I, I can't believe that I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Rest in peace, Tom Petty. Uh, passed away, I think, at the age of 66 from uh, a heart attack. Some of my first memories of life in general were listening to Tom Petty and watching Tom Petty music videos on TV. As far as my favorite Tom Petty song, it's a tie between You Got Lucky and Breakdown. I actually listened to both of those uh, this morning as I was getting ready for work. We actually bought a Tom Petty vinyl not too long ago. And, you know, the the day that we found out he passed away, when I got home, Sarah was listening to it. And we just spent the evening, you know, cooking dinner and listening to Tom Petty. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Keith, first time watching. Have a good night, Derek. See you Friday. Thanks again, Keith, for watching. It was great. I would definitely have to talk to you about your dad's stories with WCW. That, that That's so awesome. I'm so jealous of that. Um. See, we're closing in on 50 minutes here, so I think I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, no Derek Diamond experience next week. Uh, this starts the um, every other week format, so uh, your next episode, which it could be a roundtable, could be a guest, could be another one of these. You know, I, I do enjoy doing these quite a bit, and they are getting more popular, but I don't want to do it every single week because I don't want to, to overstay its welcome. Uh, but yeah, your next episode will be Thursday, October 19th. Uh, Rob joined. Uh, welcome, Rob. You came just in time to catch the end of the show. Uh, Heather said, love the Derek Diamond experience. Thank you. It's it's crazy. I was actually going back and listening to snippets from the very first episode that I recorded with Adam and Ian in the uh, Cincinnati Reds executive suite at Blue Wahoo Stadium. And it's it's crazy to think that was in March of 2014. That was three and a half years ago. And here we are now. It, it's On one hand, it seems like yesterday. On another hand, it seems like another lifetime ago. So I'll say in closing, thanks again, guys, for checking out the live stream. Uh, be sure to follow me on social media if you want to follow uh, the show on Twitter. It's at D Diamond Podcast. My personal page is at Derek underscore Diamond. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that's at D Diamond Podcast. And if you're if you're watching on Facebook Live, then you know the uh, you know the Facebook page. So thanks again, guys, for all the support. This has been Derek. I uh, had a great time doing this live stream tonight. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe from Tropical Storm or Hurricane Nate, whatever it is when it makes landfall this weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Thanks, guys. Thank you.